Warning, the Dub Talk podcast contains language and content that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Please be aware that this episode includes spoilers for Iken, so be sure to finish the show before you listen. Finally, the opinions expressed in this episode are those of the individual participants and do not reflect the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of Dub Talk, where sometimes people make poor decisions. Oh, boy. Who's out here? Megan, is that you? Hey there, I uh, slid on in to this one. Oh, is that, a, is, that a, is that a show reference and a white snake reference? Absolutely. Beautiful. All right, I know, why are you here? You seem smarter than this. Well, you see, I like pain. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I, I hadn't recorded in a while, and I figured, uh, let's get back into the saddle after the dubbies, because, uh, that mentally fried my brain, and I needed to restart myself with, uh, a show that I could, uh, trip on to the very, uh, meaty subject matter that it has. So meaty and yet and yet so insubstantive at the same time. It's it's very yeah. It's it's kind of like eating McDonald's, <laughs> except for it's been uh, in a museum uh, showing how it doesn't uh, rot. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's like the Food and Fallout games two hundred years later, still good. You know, I I I, I do think Todd Howard would. <laughs> Try to uh, put himself into this. Hi, I'm Todd Howard. <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Howard. I'm going to remind you that you are going to buy Skyrim again, and stop kidding yourself. Todd Howard here. We'll be we'll uh, be we'll be on Elder Scrolls Eight. We'll still be porting Skyrim to things, and you'll still be buying it, you sucker. Welcome to the new PS2000. The first game on it is, in fact. Uh, Skyrim. <laughs> oh, we have fun here. I wonder if somebody could make a Skyrim mod where all the dragons are giant bananas. Probably. Like, if they can make it Thomas the Tank Engine, I feel like making it a giant banana shouldn't be too hard. Yeah, what What are we talking about today? <clears throat> well, friends, we're going to go back to an old classic. Uh, something that was... Probably, as, as someone who got an anime in kind of the, the very tail end of the 90s and early 2000s, was probably among one of the first kind of, like, uh, big name-ish titles that I probably heard about. Although, not for the reason that, say, you know, something like Cowboy Bebop was a big name-ish title. Yeah. Yes, 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 we are, in fact, talking about Iken. The... Uh, a, a, a show I learned about its uh, very existence through cultural anime phenomenon uh, better known as AMV Hell. <laughs> you you had the more fun introduction. I'm pretty sure mine was just reading like a review of it on some website and it was just and just like this sounds this sounds really bad. See, I I was 15 and went to my first anime con and I drove six I made my parents drive me and my friend six hours up to it and uh, my parents uh, raising me at conventions 
was, uh, keep your cell phone on you, here's money, we're going to go hang out somewhere else. Oh boy. Uh, my, my parents, as of the age of 16, deemed that I was releasable to go to conventions on my own. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father taught me how to use the New York subway system at 15, and the next year just dropped me off at the station and said, have at it. Mm-hmm. You'll be fine. Um, which is funny because now, as a 30-year-old adult, my mom freaks out at the idea of me stepping foot on the subway. Um, and I would go into the video room and they would play AMV Hell on an endless loop. And I watched AMV Hell 3 so much that I knew every word to every fucking joke in that video. And that video is an hour long. Oh dear. It's an hour and a half long. Ooh. It also does have some of the genuinely funniest comedy moments of all time, including the outlaw star set to a Star Trek Pokemon Rhapsody. Outlaw Star's a good show. See, that's dumb, but also, yes? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're on something. Outlaw Star's a good show. Why are we covering that this episode? That'd be great. One day... Put in the comments below, would you like an Outlaw Star episode? But how did how did Jake Chapman once put it? I could save the most boring episode of this show is one where people try to use a psychic cactus to make people buy bad ice cream. Yeah, that, that <laughs> sounds about right. Yep. Oh. Uh, the most boring episode of this show is the entire thing. Yes. We we regret to inform you folks that after all all the hype, all the legend of Iken, this is this is pretty dull. Uh, I mean, like, it, it it hit every rung of the fetish ladder. Um, it, it is... It's, like sorry. a baby bird ejecting itself from its own nest. It's, 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 it's almost like a weird art piece. It's like, what if you took all the kind of lousy early 2000s, right before Moe became a big thing like harem stuff, and just put it all in a big blender and concentrated it down to its pure form, and you get Iken. What if you looked at Love Hina... And said, that's pussy shit. <laughs> and decided to concentrate it down into, it's it, it's like taking cannabis. And you took the cannabis and you put it into a blender and extracted the oil. But you were doing a really shitty job at that. <laughs> and then the feds came. <laughs> and then the feds came. And it's not that they're there to arrest you because of the cannabis. They're here to arrest you because you're a shitty dealer. One of them's just holding the pot brownie and there's like obvious plant matter in it. He's just looking at you with the most disappointed look in his eyes. It's like that scene from Scott Pilgrim where the vegan gets pulled over by the (laughs) vegan police. And he's like, chicken, yeah, chicken chicken, isn't vegan. Chicken parm's not vegan. (laughs) Gelato isn't vegan. Milk and eggs, bitch. Oh, this is the the milk and eggs bitch of Edgy. Pretty much. What is Iken about? Well, not much, frankly, but there is a technical plot description I can read you, so I'm going to read that. It's about as thin as some of the bikinis people in the show wear. Mm-hmm. Densuke just enrolled at the exclusive Zashono Academy. He's eager to participate in extracurricular activities, but he never expected to join the mysterious Iken Club. Strangely enough, every other member is a busty co-ed, and many of the club's activities involve bikinis. But Densuke isn't interested in anyone but the shy and beautiful Chiharu. I think that actually makes it sound like there's more happening than there is. Yeah, Chiharu is barely in the show. (laughs) 
Like, like the the, the purple her girl feels more like the main female lead than she does. Yeah. Like, like, if, I'm, frankly, if you show me a poster and ask me, like, hey, who's the lead girl, I would... Oh, boy. Well, I, I can in its totality is only about an hour. I think it only, strictly speaking, technically cracks uh, feature length because it has openings and endings on both episodes. Yeah, um, somehow. So, somehow. So let's not waste too much time because if this episode is longer than that, I'm going to feel sad, so... Ooh, this got dubbed by Media Blasters around, like, 2004, 2005, something like that. That tells you uh, all you need to know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who dubbed this? Who Who is responsible? Well, let's talk about them. Uh, first up, we have our ADR director and our scriptwriter, both of whom are people who I am not familiar with. Uh, our ADR director is Ruben Arvizu, uh, who, from what I can tell, mostly dubbed a lot of stuff Media Blasters put out around this time. Ah, My Buddha, Early Rains, Mouse. Early Rains is apparently like a western that actually looks potentially interesting. I've never heard of it before, though, so it might just be bad. Uh, and our scriptwriter is Diane Smith, who did uh, scriptwriting for a show called Erda. And that's it. They are mostly a casting and production coordinator. Da -da -da. Fun! <laughs> yeah. Uh, and who's in this? Well, well... well more names that you recognize than you might expect, frankly. Starting off, we have Densuke Mifune. He is our doormat. Our, our bland protagonist that I guess you're supposed to, like, insert yourself into, although I don't know why, unless you really enjoy being humiliated. Uh, he's a character. And he is being played by Bryce Pappenbrook. Who I think might have still been, like, a literal teenager, or, like, at most in his early 20s when he recorded this. Probably. He certainly sounds like it. Uh, obviously, Bryce is a big name now, but back in the day, he was known for things like uh, Aiko in Amai Buddha and playing itty-bitty little Vash in, like, one scene of Trigun. Yeah, he's, they, that's it. Need, they needed he's, a... Tr he's, they, mm -hmm. he's grown on to have a titanic career, you could say. Oh, yeah. He he, ha he has done much better for himself than his, his humble, humble roots would suggest, so... Good for him. He doesn't have to take roles like this anymore. Uh, and also we have ladies. Lots of ladies. Uh, Teddy! For... <laughs> Sorry, what? Uh, you mean boobies. Yeah, that too. <sighs> Boobs. Breasts. Huge tracts of land. <laughs> one of them, one of these huge tracts of lands is attached to a woman named uh, Jiharu Shinonome. Uh, who is very shy and bashful, and her anatomy upsets me a little bit. Somehow this bitch has magic boobs that keep growing every time we see her. Yeah, it's, 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 there, there is, there is, there is a guy who was on Justice League for a little bit, who I think just to amuse himself, uh, Power Girl was part of the Justice, no, sorry, Justice Society, and Power Girl was one of the members of the time. I think for a couple of issues, he would just draw her breasts slightly bigger every time she showed up. I think mostly just to see if he could get away with it. And this feels like that, except it just kept going and no one told him to stop. Listen, did they ever actually tell the DC version to stop, or...? I, I, I assume, for, and this was back in, like, I think the 70s, so I'm assuming at some point the other was, like, Wally. <laughs> what is this foolishness? Back More before, recent... uh, back <laughs> yep. before uh, Rob Liefeld would put sits on anything. <laughs> um. Oh. 
Anyways, uh, who is playing this? Well, technically, the uh, Chiharu is being played by Becky Chang. Uh, this is Becky Chang's only credit role because technically Becky Chang doesn't exist. From what I've been able to tell, Becky Chang is a one-off pseudonym that Stephanie Shea was using. Stephanie Shea, obviously, is Stephanie Shea. <laughs> but not at this point in her career. Pre-Naruto, pre-Bleach, pre-everything else she would go on to in the back half of the 2000s and onward. Nowadays, if you know her for- at this point, if you knew her for anything, it was stuff being like Kiri and Girls Bravo, Hazuki and Mouse, a few other sort of fanservice trash shows, and Mamimi and Fooly Cooly. <laughs> I'm also glad she doesn't have to take work like this anymore. This is... Mm. <sighs> but... Densuke and Chiharu vaguely have a thing happening, I guess. It's... They interact, I suppose. Uh, but Densuke is not the only one who has Chiharu has his eyes set on Chiharu. He also has to deal with the competing affections of a guy named Shima Kurosawa. Who walks around in a speedo. He is a he is the nominal smooth operator, although we later learn that he's wearing a wig, so you know. Yeah. And has a bunch of identical maids who follow him around or his lackeys. Uh, yeah. You can't see me shrugging, but, like, there's not a lot, there's... The show is so thin on plot, and yet I have so many questions anyways. It's very weird. Yeah, really? Uh, Shima is being played by Grant George, who would also go on to much better things. He's Lancer in Fate Zero. And among other roles, he's Hawk in Initial D, and one of my favorites, he's Keiichi in the old version of Higarashi from back in the day. Ah. Uh... uh who else? More ladies. It's all gonna be ladies from here on out. This is there's like there's like two other male characters and they don't really matter. Sorry, I think both guys named Dave. No, Dan and Dave. Sorry, Dan and Dave. We're not <laughs> gonna talk about you this episode. We'll talk about you in other things that are good. Uh, going through the list, we have Kirika Misono, who is the purple-haired lady who's way too energetic. Oh yeah. And just. The Oops. little eleven-year-old girl. No, no, not um, not her. No, not her, not her. The big one. Oh yeah, the 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 leader. The le See, this is how bad it is, folks. We can't even, we can't keep these characters straight. We just watch this. Yeah. Yes, she's the, she's the big lady with. I mean, half of them have obnoxiously large breasts. It's it's, it's hard to yeah. My point being, she is being played by Cindy Robinson. Who around now you would have known for such roles as Chiako in Marmalade Boy, Midori in Green Green, and Alice in Early Rains. We have Lynn Grace, who's a blonde lady, who's apparently a British rock star, according to something I read. Like, that's her backstory. Yeah, but she also, like, went to China. Yeah, that's why she's wearing a Chi one of those Chinese dresses I never remember the name of all the time. Yeah. Uh, she she is the only character who, she's the only female character in the show whose anatomy does not upset me and does not seem like a colossal nightmare to be around. I think, I think she technically wins best girl by default. Yeah, she's like the normal, she's like the only normal one there. Only one. Oh, <laughs> uh, and she is being played by, uh, did you look up the cast ahead of time? Aside from what I posted in the chat, and you can obviously read right now. Uh, I, I did a little bit to see who played her, and I was shocked. Shocked, shocked. Ladies, ladies, gentlemen. Non-binary people, humans, and sentient beings of all sorts listening to this. Lynn Grace here is being played by Mona Marshall. Who Izzy. I know exclusively as Little Boys. Izzy from Digimon. Uh, Luciola from Last Exile. 
Also, Luciola pour one out. Yeah, exactly. Also, a character in Apocalypse Zero, a show I wish we were covering because that's at least exciting and it's bad. Oh man, I I watched that very drunk one year. Somebody write Discotech, write license rescue that one. Yeah, Discotech, if you license and rescue Apocalypse Zero, I'm pretty sure Hardy Almon and I would do it. Absolutely, that's the kind of trash I want to talk about. Man, we gotta do a we gotta do a Mad Bull 34 episode one day. <gasps> Oh, that'd be so good. Right, that, put that one on the list. That would oh. be that would be that would be more entertaining than I could. This 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 episode is going to be uh, forty minutes of us talking about the actual show and fifty minutes talking about all the shows we could be doing instead. Yeah. Oh, uh, next up we have uh, Komoe Harumachi, who is uh, appears to be about three feet tall, and both of her boobs are about the size of the rest of her body combined. She's also 11. Also 11, has glasses. Very upsetting to look at. Is clumsy. Is clumsy. This is the extent of her personality, and as much as any of these characters have more than one recognizable trait. Uh, yeah. She is being played by Reba West, which is a pseudonym for an actress named Rebecca Forstat. We'll get to that why in a minute. Uh, you would know her for such roles as Rika in Higarashi. She's one of the people who plays the Tachikomas in Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex. She's Nunnally in Code Geass. And my favorite, she is the original OG Lin Minmei in Robotech from Women the 80s. Oh. <laughs> because you said Nunnally from Code Geass, that's the only person, the only voice I could hear out of that character. I'm just I'm just remembering the Code Mint version of Nunnally, which if you've never seen Code Mint, do yourself the favor. Look up Code Mint. I will look up Code Mint. Which that is, is which... every everyone knows what Code Mint is because uh, I'm at Soup. That's where that comes from. Okay, I've definitely seen more than that than I'm uh, than at Soup, but like back when it came out, so I don't remember anything other than Soup anymore. So I'll have to, that I'll show, have to check that the out. Funny, in my in my defense, my favorite joke in in all of Code Mint is. When they're broadcasting that they're going to be at the harbor mm -hmm. in the boat, they just put up video of a killer whale, and it's like, that's a whale. That's a whale. And then again, that's still a fucking whale chief. <laughs> like, that's a fucking whale chief. Just kills me. And still more entertainment humor than this show. Yeah. <laughs> Who else? We also have... Uh... Kyoko Maroka, Maroka, she's a scientist. She is clearly even younger than uh, Komoe is, and she is also being played by Rebecca Forstadt because there is a fair amount of double casting in this show. All the MC, you know, are a bunch of masters of ceremonies for the stupid competition that takes up most of this. All of them are played by some actress we have already mentioned or are about to mention. Yes. Uh, small cast. Uh, I already told you what Rebecca has been in. Uh, we have Yuriko Shin Shinonome. <laughs> she is she is Chiharu's sister. She has a cowlick, and she sounds exhausting. I thought she was. I thought she was. Um, I thought she was the Densuke's sister. I think she's. Well, she. I think she. I think she's actually Chiharu's sister. But, but she she's just a, calls Dense. Yeah, she's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, it, yeah. That's that's all I could that's all I could really suss out of that. Maybe the manga goes into more detail. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I don't, don't, don't want to find yeah, out. I'm not, I'm not reading. I'm not gonna. I I'm not bored enough to read that. 
I have other. I have a. I got a whole book from the library about the 13th floor elevators. It is like 400 pages. I could be reading that instead, and I'm gonna. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, yeah. She's she's very obnoxious, and she has some sort of weird sister con thing going on with Densuke. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is being played by Jessica G, uh, who was uh, you may know as she was DG Charat. Do you remember DG Charat? Oh man! Does that no? <laughs> I never watched that. Oh, me neither. I just remember seeing ads for it on. Films. I remember what it is, but it's like, yeah, not really. Not. Re- I think she's a cat girl. I want to say her hair is green. I just remember, like, what was it? I just remember that the guy who wrote uh, Cromarty High School liked that show. <laughs> yeah, Cromarty a... High School is another show that I'd rather be watching than this. Yeah, after, after you're done with this episode, go listen to the Cromarty High episode again. Fetish porn, blood pass. <laughs> also, uh, listen to the Glepnir episode. It's probably more interesting than I can. Ab- absolutely. There, there are five-minute segments of Glepnir that are more interesting than the entire Vikan. Um, uh, what else? Jessica G is also May uh, Momozono in Mouse, and Francis Drake in Fate Extra Last Encore, because I guess Francis Drake is, is up at bat for being a male historical figure who's now a hot lady. She's a hot pirate lady, at this point, who, what hasn't Fate made fuckable? I don't know, I mean, that's Fate, at least, Fate at least... made fu- tried to make fucking Ghidorah fuckable, which is a, a not very good thing. Oh. Oh, Fate, you're... Here a lot. And last and probably least, uh, there's like a teacher who hangs out at the Icon Club. I guess she's like the she's like the student she's the te- you know, faculty representative or something. Yeah. Um, she gets antagonized, she's very high strung. Um, she's being paid by Kathy Keller, who is actually Mary Devon, uh, who you know for playing Haruka Urushima in Love Hina. Hey, Love Hina. A better uh, show than this. Oh, spe- well, well, speaking of better, well, and for actual better show, she's Isabella in Paradise Kiss. Yeah, there we go. That's a good show. And and, and in in terms of things that people are actually hot for, she's Renamon in Digimon Tamers. Yeah, not gonna, not gonna. <laughs> that is the that is the king of fuckable Digimon. Look, it, look. All, all I know is from what people tell me, like, a lot of furries figured that out watching Digimon Tamers. I'd still rather, I'd definitely rather watch this than that. Oh, sorry, that. I'd rather watch Digimon Tamers than this. Anyways, that's our cast. How should we approach this, Megan? Uh... Well, for one, with a bat to the head. Yeah, that, um, yeah, that'll work. Uh, I guess I gotta talk about something that bothered me the whole time. Shoot. Uh, and that is the the lack of creativity when it came to the word boobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just call calling them boobies the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I get that this is a, a thing of the early two thousands where people uh were probably afraid to address the fact that there was an 11-year-old girl with uh, two, uh, four jumbo watermelons attached to her dress. She's like, it's like someone stapled some weather balloons to her. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> ah, so she's gonna be the next kid that's on the news for apparently getting abducted by a weather balloon. Oops. <laughs> uh, just, I just want to say that 
There were so many ways that they could have said boobies. They could have said massive fucking titties, super stuffed up milkers, honker, donker, uh, doingy boingies, uh, fabric stretching, windy, flappy, gravity welling sex mounds, super duper ultra goddamn motherfucking tits. Uh, I'm just saying, but now you are all imagining the mid-2000s? 2010 story about the boy who was lied about getting abducted by a weather balloon by his parents in Colorado. Uh, which frankly would be a better fate for poor Densuke than Densuke hitting every letter of the fetish the fetish window, the fetish tree, as he ejected himself from the net. Because uh, Bryce, bless his heart, uh, sounds about as well-tuned as a, a Tesla whose autopilot has suddenly locked them out of their own car in the cold. Um, this, is not, this is not his finest performance. It's still not the worst I've ever heard him. What's the worst you've heard him in? Uh, Brothers Conflict, where he played a 10-year-old and threw his voice so high that I thought it was just unsustainable and they should have gotten a female actress. Man, that's rough. Yeah, Brothers Conflict, one of the rouses with a 10-year-old. Um, who is also your stepbrother. Uh, but, like, God, I, I do want to commend the women of this show for having to do any acting, especially, uh, especially poor, 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 uh, who's the, uh, who's the one that keeps wanting to fuck him that isn't the one he wants to fuck? Is that uh, uh, Yuriko, I think? The Cowlick? Yeah, Yuriko. Jessica G. Yeah. Jessica G has to play the the second worst character in the show behind poor, poor, poor uh, Harumachi. Uh, because that character wants to fuck a guy she calls her brother, and at one point she has to make moaning noises as they're going down a yogurt slide. And her, his fingers are in her mouth. And I'm like, alright, show, we have hit, uh, we've hit, uh, pedophilia, we've hit, uh, teachers, we've hit dominatrix, we've hit, uh, Chinese Asian fetishing, we've hit, uh, NTR became a thing later on. Mm-hmm. Proto- pro- fetishes before they were even well-known fetishes. Yeah! Uh, foot fetish. Can't mm. forget the foot, the, the 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 eternal foot fetish. Uh, but Jessica, poor 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 Jessica Gee's gotta play this sister with, and she does play her with a lot of energy of the obnoxious emoto emoto energy. It's just she's working with a a a a toothpick over the uh, the Grand Canyon. But- Thinking about this dub made me think of contexts where, uh, like, uh, uh, you, you've seen, like, kind of a lousy movie where the acting isn't good, but it feels appropriate for the material and its lousiness, kind of. Yeah. A lot of performances in here feel like they fall into that category. Like, they're not good, but they are at least correct. And yeah, Je- like- Jessica G puts her, she gives her gusto for this really grating, obnoxious character. And she in that in that really narrow context she is good. Yeah, and in that really narrow context, Bryce is is perfectly fine. He, he look he definitely sells me as like some wimpy teenager who 
just yeah, like that's keeps a falling upward. That's a doormat. Uh, Cindy Robinson, I think, would fit in there too mm-hmm. as uh, Kirika and and honestly Mona Marshall because Mona Marshall didn't have to give us the e- the effort in the scene where he's like, "I'm a failure. I'm never gonna win her back," and and stuff. And it's like, and it's like. You don't have to believe my fortunes. Believe in yourself. You can do good things. And, like, I legitimately didn't think that was Mona Marshall. Because that sounded way too adult for Mona Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) I I have one thing where Mona Marshall plays an adult, and that's Fire Emblem Heroes. But the rest of it's, like... No, say it, it's like, what does Mona Marshall sound like? Uh, she she doesn't sound like Izzy from Digimon in her walking around voice? I That's all I've ever heard from her. Or, or, or characters like uh, Lucio, who sound just like that. Yeah, or, or the one guy uh, in uh, Blue Exorcist that she plays. Exactly. Like I said, I'm used to Mona Marshall playing men all the time. Uh, if I had to give one of the, the worst performances in this show, that is Grant George. Uh, Grant George sounds so flat and so wooden. I, I, see, watching this reminded me of something. It, it clawed something out of the recesses of my memory. Um. <laughs> you know, as, as terrible, terrible as he does. As it does. Um, um, years ago, when he was still making videos, uh, Jacob Chapman did a video on Aiken. And I think this is where it's from. I remember him covering some shitty harem show where he mentioned that, uh, one of the actors sounded like Microsoft Sam. And I'm now pretty sure that he was talking about Grant George. I leave you to wonder, is he doing that on purpose? I mean, if I was forced to be an icon, I would too. Like, um, like, there are aspects of this where I am wondering, like, were they treating this as a little bit of a joke? Or just keeping themselves amused? Because, like, the recording sessions for this could not have been long, and this is, su- this is such a non-existent show. Like, were they just, like... How flat can how flat can I make this performance? Can Count. I sound like a robot? Can I? Uh, it's like how low can you go with the limbo? <laughs> Except for under the limbo, is it the, the bar is on fire, and under the the limbo bar is in fact a pool of gasoline. <laughs> oh, I he 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 give. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It feels. I have seen. It, uh-huh. it, it's stiff like a Woody, but um, <laughs> it's it, it, it's like a Woody from Larry King, <laughs> which is somehow a more cursed image than anything in Icon. Oh, oh abs- it is. It is weird how tame the show feels. It's. Yeah, year, that's year, the just thing. Years of this being, like, the the most painful etchy to watch, and now that I've seen it, it's just like, did I change, or was it just never that grotesque to begin with? I think the thing that... I think the thing that probably annoys a lot of people is that, like, that one girl's 11, mm, and yeah. to me, actually, the, the most gross thing was the idea that an eel swam up someone's ass. Um, like... The, Poor, poor, like, I, I would also say along the lines of just not good performances is mm-hmm. Kathy Keller. The teacher is just, it's just, there's no energy to it. There's no heart and soul, which, I I, I mean, fair, it's Iken, but, it, like. It, 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 it has all the hallmarks of she's, like, 
she's just I'm here for the paycheck. Yep, I'm get I'm getting paid. This is gonna take like maybe thirty minutes of my life, and I get paid at the end of it. Sure, whatever. Probably not very well, but you did get paid. Um, honestly, uh, so, well, this is also Media Blaster, so did she actually get paid? <laughs> Dear John, <laughs> do you have Dear some, John. do you have some financial records I could look at? <laughs> like, oh. honestly, in terms of like uh, Morica and Harumachi and. Uh, the teacher, like, they are by far the very clear winners of the, uh, come on down and collect your paycheck. Uh, I, I genuinely didn't really feel a lot out of their performances. Like, that's the thing was, like, a lot of times when there's a bad performance in an anime, it tends to stand out for how obnoxious it is. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, example of which you haven't been subjected to yet because I haven't been able to come back to Anime Boston. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't this year again. It, it terribly upsets me, and I'm going to force everybody to come back up next year. Um, especially if Brainchild goes again. Uh, shout out to other Megan. Is uh -huh. uh, you've never been subjected to? I don't think you've been subjected to the Neurotical er Murder OVA where you could no, hear you're how bad the you, you showed me okay. this on Discord. No, I remember this. Okay, yeah, but did you get to hear the audio for yourself? I think I did. I definitely See, remember. I remember you. I remember you I remember you watching it, now I think about it, I don't remember very much about it now. Exactly. Like, the lead performance in that was effectively more worse in grading than the worst performance in this. Like, the worst performance in this is just very much... I guess it's happening. <laughs> it exists. Yeah, and that's kind of my feeling about this This dub, is it exists. It's, it's it's the audio equivalent of just, like, kind of generic matter, just, like, carbon that exists in a form. It, it, it's like putting on a, uh... So let me get his name. Um, uh, it's like putting on a Roland Emmerich movie as white noise. Yeah, like say it, there, there is there is action, there is technically story and characters, but it's a Roland Emmerich movie. Like yeah, they can be entertaining. Like I'm not gonna say Independence Day, which scared the living fuck out of me as a child, um, isn't entertaining in some way. But like, are you really gonna put on like 2012 <laughs> and think to yourself that I'm going to get like engagement? from my neurons or am i putting it on because i want shiny keys it is it, 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 there, there's a real there's a real like movie you watch at 3 p.m on a sunday or a saturday about this i'm just like it's on yeah and like i guess i guess maybe this is because the times have changed so much because like like it's a surprise to most viewers who don't know uh, Amon and I are in our 30s. Yep. Uh, we've, we've been around the block longer than most anime fans have been alive. Um, like, back in, back in our day, like, Echi was, I, I wouldn't want to say a dime a dozen, but they were so much more different from the schlock we get today. Yeah. Like, for one, a lot of Echi dubs that come out today, you know, have effort put behind them. <laughs> As opposed to this. 
to which I, I can't even really comment on Stephanie Shea's performance because her uh, her performance can just be summed up as a wilting flower. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because I think Stephanie Shea is arguably the most talented actress in this whole dub. Uh, probably. Like, it, I, I am glad that in a couple of years of this, Stephanie Shea was in, like, a couple of really big-name shows, and I'm sure those help get her platforms to get better work and in things that actually make use of her talent, because this ain't it. I, Would a couple of years after this be, like, a wreck of seven? Oh, I mean, I think, like, the year after this, she's, like, she gets cast as, like, Hinata and Naruto and Orihimo and Bleach, and Eureka 7, I think, probably would have been, like, a couple years after that, so, like... like no, she... I'm pretty sure... I, I thought Eureka 7 came out before Bleach and Naruto. I don't know. In my memory, I'm, it's not, I gotta but... look up. I gotta yeah. look this up now. I'm, in, my, uh, in my memory, it's not, but also a lot of times I, I judge things by, like, when I saw it on TV, and frankly, it's been long enough that I'm not sure that's even correct anymore anyway, so. Okay, so Eureka 7 as an anime came out in 05. Oh my god, is it that early? Yeah, it came out April 05. Jeez. And was... ran for a year. There we go. Uh, and according to a and it started broadcasting on Cartoon Network in, like, 2000, like, the next year after that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah when right. I finished... Right. Yeah, no, Naruto, but Naruto was first, because Naruto started in, uh, October of 20, uh, 2002. There we go. Which, oh my god, the Naruto anime is 20 years old this year. Oh. Uh, and Bleach wouldn't, Bleach's anime wouldn't start until, uh, October 02, uh, October 22. Oh so. boy. Uh, October, October, October 22 is is the new one where it's coming out. It started in October in 04, so Eureka 7 was, like, after that, but I need to also make sure that Eureka 7 was... She was actually in Eureka 7? Okay, good, because she was Eureka. So okay. I was All like... Right. I was like, good God, okay. Um, it, 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 this is a weird window into that, what I feel like was ultimately a very short period where Stephanie Shea would be in stuff like this because she wasn't... Stephanie Shea yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's absolutely wasted here. Like, this could have been anybody. It's it's not even funny in, like, uh, you know... Oh my god, they get Frank Langella to play Skeletor? And he, like, took it really seriously? Like, it doesn't even have that quality to it. Yeah, this isn't, like, uh... Because I know we were talking about, like, how edgy back then is, like, edgy. Is, like, a different beast. Now, like, Nowadays, like, fairly large-named actors are, like, A-okay with being in that shit. Mm. <laughs> like, uh... What was it? Like, no one really used an alias in, like, Super Arrow, uh, Super XH Arrows, or mm. whatever. I know, like, some people, I think, did for, uh... Um... What was the other that came out that used something they used an alias for, but I can't remember, but, like... I've heard more people express wanting to use an alias for Handshake or Sinechi. <laughs> and, like I said, me and you have both been around the block where it's like... I guess a weird way to, I think, explain it was... Uh, uh, Nick from A&N, Lost Thief, mm -hmm. did, uh, when he did his write-up of uh, World End Era, which mm -hmm. is an Etchy show that's airing right now that... Uh, is is so blatantly about what it's about that like last week what half the one of the episodes was literally just 
their terrible black, like, glitch screen sensor. Uh, and they have to censor, like, tongue kisses because the animators can't draw tongues. Uh, but he talked about how so much of Echi is just so single-target focused fetishes. Mm-hmm. Or that they're so extreme that they're devoid of anything sexy in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's like... I'm less annoyed that Edgy exists, and more annoyed that, like, a lot of it gets praised for just the fact that, oh, it's sexy, I'm cultured, when it's, like, the most boring, bland shit, and I've seen more sexual tension in a show about a guy who dresses up like a wrestling heel in skateboards. There's, there's a real, I, I, what is it? I saw a, I saw a piece of music, criti- music criticism that I, I think that this was back when, like, uh, like, Lady Gaga was still relatively new. This was during, like, around the time her first, like, her first album had come out and she was already a big star. And I think they were talking about one of her videos and they were observing that it was, there's something funny about the fact that usually for a, a pop star, the variety that Lady Gaga wants to be, will usually go for a few like, a while before they kind of hit the point where, like, they they're, they will make videos that are, like, very sexual, but they're not really erotic in any way. Like, it's, yeah. all, it's all the signifiers of sex without any of the, the energy behind it. And that's yeah. what this feels like. It's, like, all the the images are there, but, like, who who is actually going to find this attractive? Like, you know, yeah, like, like, law of averages, sure, somebody, but, like, who? Clearly is neither of us, and it's not like either of us are relatively sex-repulsed or asexual, or, or, and like, let's be real, like, this is very much aimed at heterosexual guys unabashedly. And speaking as a heterosexual guy, it's like, there's a, there is a, there is a, there is a, what is it? Uh, if you read the manga of No Guns Life, there is like a, like, chapter opening spread that is like, um... Junzo and Olivia like sitting on a couch curled up with each other and that one image has more sexual charge than like the whole 60 minutes of this thing yeah and one of the things too is that it does carry over in vocal performances Mm -hmm. like uh I'll be real with you like there's a we haven't done an episode on it yet and the girls will be doing an episode on this when the show is done its second season uh the case study of Vanitas Mm mhm uh, there is a scene between uh, Noe and D- uh, Dominique, and the the sexual tension in Stephen Fu's voice in like thirty seconds did more than this entire show's vocal work did in an hour. Mm-hmm. And and I mean like I I made this analogy where about handshakers where. If you're if you're thrown into a hole this bad and given it given tools to get out, you're only going to be able to get out of the giant hole to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's very it, and even more so like Handshakers was done by arguably because as of this recording they're being folded into Crunchyroll mm-hmm. by by Funimation who puts a decent amount of effort into the stuff that they they produce. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, I mean, it's not like Media Blasters is gonna come to my house and beat shit out of me, I'll fight them off with a, sh- with, a s- with a wooden spoon and two dogs. But, like, it's Media Blasters in the early 2000s 
That's like asking the guy, the, the guy on the corner in New York who's selling- It's like the equivalency of getting a picture with Elmo, but it's one of the Times Square Elmos. <laughs> oh. Look, I, like, if the bee blaster guy hears, he'd probably be like, eh, that is garbage, correct? Yeah, like, when I say I literally, I literally was like, uh, like, this is an hour of my life I could, I'm never gonna get back. I think it's because I wasted an hour of my life watching this to give this a actual straightforward review. Like, uh-huh. like I mean, credit where credit's due. Someone probably finds this attract like sexy. Uh-huh. I, I'm not gonna kink shame you. Uh, maybe about the 11 year old, but everything else, like everyone else, is I guess like fair game. If if but, if really really <laughs> over exaggerate proportions do it for you, like eh, live your life, man. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you grief for it, but I mean people find I mean people find Nami current Nami design sexy, and that's a whole other fucking bag of worms. But uh, I think the thing is like it's less that like you shouldn't take your time to watch this dub because ew it's sexual and ew it's pedophilic. It's it's no, it's because it's boring. This 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 show is about sixty minutes. Bob Dylan's Blonde on Blonde is also about sixty minutes. I know which is the better sixty minutes to spend. You could spend sixty minutes watching the first two thirds of the movie Empire of Corpses. <laughs> and, and when you're done with that hour, you get to get to the part where Van Fist fights a Frankenstein. It's perfect. Yeah, you could you could waste your time on on better things like. Even if I was going to suggest, like, better etchy, you can use 60 minutes to watch two episodes of Shimonetta, which was a better show with a better dub. Exactly. Like, you can use it to watch, I don't know, like, fucking Nagatoro or Ozaki, which are both probably better shows than this, and have more substance to them. Like, I mean, if you wanted to really watch a good show that had sexuality to it as of the time of this recording mm-hmm. and has a good dub for it... Mm-hmm. Like, go watch my dress-up, darling, which has mm. more sensuality to it than this in, like, two minutes than this show has in its entire 60-minute run. And and honestly, it has a better dub. Like, this dub is very schlocky and, and crap, but, like, it's serviceable and not the worst thing I've ever watched in the world. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's very functional, but, like, imagine what, like, Stephen Foster would have done with this. <laughs> it's functional, and you know what? So is a and so is a Kia Forte, but it's a Kia Forte. <laughs> Just, like you know what's functional? The New York subway system. <laughs> Doesn't mean it's very good. <laughs> You make a good point. I can't argue with that. Yeah, this this show is... It's almost weird watching this and being so underwhelmed by it. I was expecting... Yeah! <sighs> ah, well, you can't win them all, I guess. One day you and, all, you and I will find a brighter... A brighter dumpster fire to watch explode and talk about it together, but today was not that day. Nope. But, well, look, heck, we can probably even find something for Media Blasters. They put out a lot of trash. One day mom will let us review Bible Black. 
No, we will never actually review hentai. Mom will kill us. Yeah, no, we 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 have a line that's it's on the other side of that. Yeah, I was gonna say you know it was more fun to cover than this, and I know we were both on that episode. What? Fucking island of giant insects. One thousand percent. That, there's a good get if you could find that dub go waste an hour of your time on that fucking movie it was, like that that, that like it, that's how it's done that it, that's better sleazy trash on the dub side and frankly it's better sleazy trash on the actual like movie show side too like that's yeah, way like that's way more committed to being like hot garbage yeah like has anybody ever slam dunked your basket no and i don't think he goes sports very well <laughs> see see one, one line, is, already, is... already better, already better. Man, can we just fucking let Lenti redub Iken with a dub like that? Like, I'd fucking, I'd fucking rewatch Iken if she, if uh, they got that app. Absolutely, there, there, there are, there are, there are a bunch of people working in English dubs right now who, if you just said like, here's a, here, here's a show, here's a budget. Uh, here's, like, a list of demands from the JP side you can't follow on that. Go nuts. Do whatever you want. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I normally don't call for that, but, like, in this case, it's Iken. Is anybody going to actually be upset? And it's not like we're erasing the original, actual, straightforward English dub. No. Nor the the idea of the sub existing, because you can, unfortunately, if you'd like to, watch both online legally. Yes, you can. I, I'm good if you're good. No, I, I I don't know what else to say. I feel like we have we have discussed what what little we enjoyed about it, our many grievances. Uh yeah, if if you would like to if you would like to watch this, if you have if someone puts a gun to your head and says you can either get shot or watch an hour of Iken. Please don't get shot. Like your your life's more valuable than that. Um, you can watch it on Crunchyroll. Uh, it is available on Blu-ray and I think also DVD from Media Blasters. Uh, if you want to listen to more of our stuff, such as any of the episodes we mentioned in this episode, that you can follow this up with. Uh, we are the Dub Talk Podcast. You are probably listening to us on YouTube. You can find us on our page there. Uh, we are also on Podbean, which distributes itself to various other podcasting platforms. Listen to us there. We are also on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, uh, what are you What are you streaming these days on the, on the old uh, Twitch? I haven't been streaming much, but oh. usually if I am, I'm streaming probably uh, uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. There you go. And uh, I'm usually streaming some indie game that no one's heard of. Uh uh, but you can find us there and look up our schedule and watch us as we play video games and try to amuse you. Uh, we also have a Patreon uh, where you can help financially support us making this podcast, which we are very thankful for. Uh, and if you donate at the $5 tier or the $10 tier, you'll get your name shouted out in an episode, such as... Thank you to our $5 tier, Julia W., Michelle Travis, Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands, and Victor Mayberoda. And thank you to our $10 tier... Anthony Brown, Carly Lestikow, Crimson Echidna, Jacob Wilson, Jared Hawkins, Marissa Lenti, and Otaku Anthony. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, Megan, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can follow me at QueenEra2 on Twitter. And you can follow me at US on Twitter. Duel has two U's. Uh, and I have a dusty old song for us. Oh boy, hit uh, me with that. Oh, well, this is... I had to think, what's, what's something that's both real... What's really stupid? And then I thought, hey, what's the funniest version of that in terms of, like, context? 
So there's this band called The Fugs. F-U-G-S. Uh, they're from the 60s. They were founded by a bunch by a pair of poets who decided, okay. hey, this rock thing sounds fun. Uh, they have the they have the distinction, I believe, of being the first rock group who get to say fuck on a record. Oh, nice. Uh, they were not big enough that the FBI has a dossier on there, but they do have a dossier on the doors that has some correspondence about the fugs, where they are, quote, called the most vulgar thing the human mind could possibly conceive. God bless. Uh, if you listen to it now, absolutely, very vulgar in, like, the mid-60s, some of the shock is worn off at this point. But they are pretty funny, and I'm going to recommend a song from their first album called Boobs A Lot, which is about boobs, football, and jerking off in that order. Uh, also, it does not have a title track, but they do have an album from a few years later called It Crawled Into My Hand, Honest, and I feel like that should... I wish it had a title track, because I feel like that's the unofficial anthem for this entire genre of anime. I swear it was an accident. Someone put a banana here! Oh god, yes. Oh, we didn't even... Bananas. We're done. Let's not, let's not, yeah. We're done. Thank you for listening. Uh, we appreciate your time. We hope that you will join us on another endeavor one day that is better than this one. Mm-hmm. Rock over Boston, rock on Chicago. Good night. Have a good night. Guys, really? Another I can fake out? What is this? The second year in a row we're planning to do this? Goodness gracious. God, the joke's old. Alright, you, both of you, out. Get out. Nope, we're not doing this again. Get out. Alright. Let's let's actually do this now. <sighs> Hello, one and all, and welcome to Dub Talk, the podcast where we talk about the latest and greatest in English dubs. My name is Stephanie, and today my friends and I will be talking about the greatest anime to grace our screens, Master of Martial Hearts.